And we welcome you back to our final segment today on Moving Forward with, with Young Voices here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. Happy to welcome Charles Amos, a Young Voices contributor. And uh, Charles, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and, and what you do. Well, I'm a town councillor on the East Quinster Town Council. I'm currently leader of the opposition, and I am opposing the Conservatives on that town council who are perpetually in favour of raising council tax, which I think is rather disappointing given the fact they are Conservatives, but ours are rather lefty compared to your variety. Interesting. Well, we have a topic to, to dive into, and I, I am grateful that, that it's, it's your brain that I get to pick here for a little bit because I have not followed the, the G7 meetings here of late as closely as I should. But the headline I'm seeing on an article that you wrote for the American Conservative is the G7's global tax plan, plans threaten prosperity worldwide. And I guess, is, is it inevitable when leaders gather that uh, taxes are going to be a, a topic for discussion? I think given the current climate of opinion, both in America and in the UK, that it is inevitable that taxes will go up or they will attempt to raise taxes. There's really two core aspects to this tax plan. The first is a minimum global corporation tax of 15%. And that involves taxing corporations and their profits at 15%, 15%, irrespective of where they are. So, for example, if a company makes a profit in one country and it only has to pay 5% corporation tax in that country, in the country in which it's HQ'd, it would then have to pay another 10%, taking their overall tax bill up to 15%. That's what Biden has proposed. It's 15%. The G7 has agreed to it. It was originally 21% that he proposed. And the second core aspect to this tax reform that has been agreed at the G7 last weekend on Saturday is taxing corporations' profits, or rather the profits over 10% at, uh, it's, what it involves is the 10%, 20% of all the profits above the 10% profit margin would be taxed at the corporation tax rate of the country in which the sales are made. And that's very popular in Europe because a lot of people hate Facebook, basically, and they don't like Facebook making all the sales in Europe and indeed the UK and paying no tax or very little tax whatsoever. So those are the two pillars, as they say, of this global tax reform. I have to ask, and it's well, I was going to say it's not because I'm skeptical of all these government leaders, but the truth is I am skeptical. <laughs> I'm very skeptical of them. What do they intend to use these taxes for? What's the justification they offer for, for wanting to raise these taxes in the first place? Well, at the moment, the justification is we need to rebuild our economies after coronavirus. But in reality, that's just made up of the moment because this, these plans have been in place for quite a long time. The OECD has been developing them since 2016. So they've been in the pipework for a long period of time. Basically, international tax avoidance, not tax evasion, keeps effective rates of tax down. And they don't like that because they've got publics at the moment that want to see taxes go up. No. Or rather, they only want to see taxes go up on the corporations and high earners. They don't want to see their own taxes go up. Is it possible, though, to raise taxes on the corporations without the public correspondingly having to pay those taxes? I think it is the case that ultimately the public will pay for these corporation taxes because there's only three groups ultimately that can bear a corporation tax. 
its shareholders in the form of lower returns, its workers in the form of lower wages, or its consumers in terms of lower prices. Now, a lot of people are concerned about wages and indeed price increases, but I don't think they ultimately are of the greatest importance. Because if you reduce shareholder returns, that means you're going to get less investment in capital in the economy. And less capital accumulation, and therefore a comparatively lower capital stock, means that wages are going to be lower in the long term, because it's only the accumulation of capital, investing in machinery, investing in research and development, that makes people more productive, that warrants paying them a higher wage. So although I think in the short term this will be a very popular proposal, in the long term it will be economically damaging, and if the people realise in the long term it will be economically damaging, then they will resent what leaders have done last weekend to put forward these proposals to the G20 next July. Something you point out is July, rather. Something you point out in your article here that just rings so true to me is that government spending is not investment. They may call it investment. Well, we just want to invest, but it's consumption. And, you know, I I think that uh, more so than, uh, well, there's a, there's a terrible problem. You know, the economy has been wrecked by a virus. No, I feel like it was wrecked more by the government response to the virus. And government spending... Is, is where the real problem lies. Do they ever talk about reducing government spending, or is it just a given that we're going to have to spend more, so we have to find new ways to, to squeeze that revenue from somewhere? I think given the population's mentality at the moment, which is a desire for greater and greater spending on public services, I think taxing, taxation is going to have to go up. And you're quite right in saying that government spending is not investment. If you look at the USA, for example, only about... 12% of government spending overall is counted as investment according to the Congressional Budget Office. And in the UK, that's uh, 11%. So really, when politicians talk about investing in education or in healthcare or in, in welfare or something like that, they are really just saying, well, let's spend more on consumption, but they're dressing it up in let's invest to make themselves seem grown up because investment is seen as a, <laughs> a long-term decision and a wise one. And it seems like maybe there's a little tinge of of envy or jealousy mixed in there as well, because aren't they going after some of the great big uh, tech giants, Facebook and and, uh, and and Amazon for that matter, and saying, hey, they're not paying their fair share, so we need to go get, get some of their profits? Well, absolutely. And I think there is an argument that can be made, and this is an argument that my dad has made, that high street shops, mom and pop stores, they do pay far more in business taxes than these very large corporations do. And I don't think that is fair. But instead of saying, let's increase taxation on these great corporations that have, on the whole, made our lives better, I would say, let's, re- let's lower them on the, on the high street shops and the mom and pop stores. Here, if here. we're going to level the playing field, let's level it down. Let's get rid of the government spending that's unnecessary. Let's lower taxes and allow people to spend their own money and allow corporations to make investments that are going to raise wages ultimately and be to the benefit of everybody's rightly understood interests, as Adam Smith would have said. Charles, I just have to compliment you on um, it's it's refreshing to hear someone talk about instead of everybody should be as miserable, you know, <laughs> as, as us, as the taxpayers, you know, let's make those corporations miserable. I really appreciate hearing someone say, what if we lighten the burden for everybody? Unfortunately, though, the electorate is fairly misinformed on this, aren't they? I don't know if they're misinformed. I think they recognize the problem, but I think they just want more public spending. So instead of let's lower taxes on everybody and make it fair that way, they're like, let's raise it and make it fair on everybody that way and get all the corporation tax in as well or a higher rate of it. 
So I think until such a time that classical liberals and conservatives change people's minds on the need for government, and I think that will only be won by arguing for greater privatisation of things, then there's not really much hope for um, conservatives or classical liberals. Sorry to end you on that pessimistic note, but I think you've got to win the battle of ideas for cutting government spending before you start talking about cutting taxes. But it's still important to oppose these increases in effective corporation tax rates, which will only make us poorer in the long term. Talk to us about the likelihood of um, greater honesty or greater transparency among these politicians who are pushing for such measures. They're very good at saying things that sound good and sound, wow, they're doing me this tremendous favor. Um, are, are there organizations that, that are working to make sure that the flowery words don't blind us to, to some of the not-so-good side effects that come along with these policies? I think there's a great number of organizations, both in Britain and the United States, that are doing a great job to oppose these measures. The Cato Institute, the Mises Institute, the Institute of Economic Affairs in the UK, the Adam Smith Institute here as well. There's a great number of organizations out there that are opposing these measures. But unfortunately, I don't think it's cutting through. But it's really important that you kindly enough have people like me on your program to speak up against these proposals, which a lot of people are in favour of, but I think they're in favour of for poor reasons, simply because they don't understand um, economics. Well, you mentioned in your article um, that international tax competition is actually a good thing. And, and I'm, I'm taking that to mean because some people may do it wisely or some nations may do it wisely and others might learn from their example. But if we make this uniform, um, that does seem more likely to just apportion the misery more equally. Well, I would agree. The great thing about international tax competition is that if a corporation tax rate is too high in one country, it, that corporation will simply move its profits into a tax haven and those profits will be protected. So instead of going into the government's coffers, where, as we've established, about 90% of it is spent on consumption spending, most of it instead will be spent on investment. And as I've said throughout this interview, it's only investment that makes people wealthier in the long term by raising wages. Okay, we've been talking with Charles Amos. He is a Young Voices UK contributor. Charles, where can people, where can our listeners access your work? They can only access my work on my Facebook page. My name is Charles Amos, so simply type that in. And everything on my Facebook page is public, so you can read all of my articles in there. Very good. And thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me.